the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Jason Earl, episode 24, the second in our 2018 in review series. I've invited a few artists whose work I appreciate to record episodes discussing our favorite albums of 2018 and then just getting down about creative process. Luke Wagner joins us on this episode to discuss quite possibly my favorite album of the year, Austin Lucas's Immortal Americans. Austin was our guest on episode 21, and if you're new to this show or if you haven't heard that particular episode, it might help just to gain a little bit of context to go back and listen to episode 21, where Austin and I had a really heavy conversation about his creative process and what went into this incredible record. Luke and I caught up ahead of his gig with his band, The 441, at Barley and Vine Beer Garden here in Orlando, Florida. You can connect with Luke on social media at Luke Wagner Music or at LukeWagnerMusic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Luke Wagner discussing Austin Lucas's Immortal Americans. It's a dynamic mic, so if you could point it straight at your at, whatever at you want to hear, yeah. Like if oh, you want there your, go, there it goes right there. If you want it to be, come on. So you can do that, or you can move. That's pretty ideal. Yeah, I like that right there. Perfect. Hey, hey, talking with Luke. Here's the magic moment. Yeah. The marinade. <laughs> I wish I wasn't saying yeah on that one. That's beautiful. Yeah, Cheers, man. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm thanks very for excited. coming on. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, man. I've been listening to you for, well, you know exactly how long I've been listening to you. So, I know, you know, and I appreciate it so yeah, much, man. One of the coolest like, things I think anybody's ever said to me was when you're about the show is when you were talking about how you got inspired to write a concept record after yeah. listening to the Matt Burke episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I 
always wanted wanted to do and I try to write conceptually for an album yeah you know, like I you know I write an album the same way that I do a like read a book or something you know like right I want the whole thing to flow and everything to come together whether that concept is like what's the word I'm looking for whether that concept is um, obvious mm-hmm. or if it's just more personal to me like my first album walking through Oz you know it I mean that does have a concept behind it it's a very like coming of age you know a lot of those songs I wrote when I was you know 15 you know right, upwards right. you know and uh, so it it all try I try to keep it to all flow together and I think that's a really important thing for an album yeah. uh, you know we're gonna be talking about Austin Lucas yeah. and like you know immortal Americans very very fluid album mm-hmm. and it's just you know great to listen to you can listen to it you know start to finish and you can have that idea right and i think so if i like the concept album that i talked about with you is uh, yeah. about the vendetta ride of wide herb yeah. which i know it's not that original to make a concept album about cowboys <laughs> you know, and, uh, i'm pretty sure uh, the eagles have me beat on that one for sure. but you know i think there is that um but it's just something I've always wanted to do. I mean, I think that's been one of my favorite stories yeah. ever since I first saw Tombstone when I was like four years old and right. you know, talking like Doc Holliday. So. If y'all, if y'all, y'all haven't seen Luke before I ever met him. He looks like he could fit in such a story. It's tall, kind of statuesque man with boots all the time yeah. and jeans, <laughs> big flowing hair. Yeah, well. <laughs> big old handsome fella. Oh, jeez. I <laughs> think I was a little dark out here. I'm blushing yeah. now. So. Why did you choose Immortal Americans? <clears throat> um, honestly, I think that the title track is the most solid thing about it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, the whole album is solid, but w- what I mean by that is uh, it really stuck to me because the way that I interpret that title track um, and essentially the whole album as well is um, we become our parents. Oh. And so that was the that was what really drew me to it is uh, when I think about, you know, when he's saying, um, you know, the songs of our fathers, the prayers of our mothers, you know, dutiful daughters, dutiful sons. Yeah. We become those people. I, and, you know, that may not necessarily be what he's trying to imply, but as the audience, as the interpreter, that's what I see. And I right. think that's such a neat thing. Yeah. Because, you know, we have this, I've always had this kind of belief that, um, you know, where it's the nature versus nurture argument. Right. But it's also the, my, I believe it's nature and nurture. We're inherited things from our parents. Right. And then we are nurtured into kind of like believing that. Yeah. Or doing that, you know. So, like, I'll give you a very rough example. I'm pretty skilled with, like, handiwork, you know. I know my way around a car. I can fix random things around the house. And I don't even really have to try that hard. Yeah. I know enough to be dangerous, as my girlfriend puts it. You ah. know? <laughs> but, um, and I don't really have to try that hard, but when I do kind of, like, nurture that, right. I can, you know, then fix a wall or, you know, like, I, you know, completely disassembled her engine and rebuilt her car. Oh, wow. And, um... Because you grew up around that? Or yeah, like, so, like, yeah. I, my dad, extremely handy, mm-hmm. you know, he knows how to, you know use a tool yeah. and I 
I feel like there's a part of me that kind of just has that knowledge how to do it. Yeah. Not only because I saw him doing it, but it's also just something that's kind of like inherited. Like right. something that, you know, it's not DNA. It's just like this almost like cosmic inheritance. Oh, wow. Get, yeah. You know. Not, so. not a DNA thing and not necessarily. You, you really think it's some sort of like something greater than that almost. Yeah, exactly. Some energy or something? Yeah, almost like an energy. It's like um, I'm trying to think of a good example of, you know, maybe someone said, oh, well, you the way that somebody may have a look on their face. Yeah. That could be, oh, wow, you know, you look like your mother right now or you look like your father right, right now. Right, right. And, and it may not necessarily be the bone structure and it may not necessarily be the eyes, but, like, the way that they may just kind of drift off and look someplace. Right. You know, that could be something that's just one of those cosmic things, you know, that, you know, it's just given to us. And right. I think that's a really beautiful thing. And, like, yeah. and I think that, like I said, immortal Americans, like, kind of, when I interpret that, that's what it is, you know. We don't like the stock cars, but we, or we don't like the stock car races, but we love the roar. You yeah. Know, the, the sound of the engine, it's exciting, you know. Man, that's so beautiful because I, I don't hear that at all in that song. Really? You know, I, I just, it's well, a well, totally different thing, you that, know. That's awesome. Well, yeah. So well, how do you interpret I, it? Could, so? For me, that record is, and, and he kind of said this on the show, but like, our our conversation was so intense that like, no, I actually listened to it today just so oh. I guess I'm, it was really cool yeah yeah it was just one of the coolest things yeah. and we only had 20 minutes and we just sort of like immediately like let's talk about cancer and <laughs> yeah. you're like all the heavy shit <laughs> yeah. right away yeah, I know. man and he's a really intense guy in all the best ways mm -hmm. you know well I he was saying that he also does like Mai Tai or yeah. Muay Thai I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it but, um, yeah because he quit drinking yeah and so he you know he had all this energy and needed a place for that to go and then mm -hmm. he also talks about sort of like always feeling like he wasn't one of the guys yeah you know and so turning to that to kind of fill that need mm -hmm. but to me it's such a record about place and it reminds where did you grow up uh all over okay all over the united states my all dad right. was in the air force so, okay yeah all right um i grew up in ocala just, mm -hmm. uh, just north of here and um when you're from a place like Ocala, a little bit smaller town, it's like, and if you really grew up there, you know, I mean, I spent from the years of like, from like the age of seven mm -hmm. to the age of like 20, basically, there or close to there. Right. And then in and out of there for many years. So place ends up shaping you in so many ways. Not necessarily that you become that place no, by any yeah. means, because I don't, I don't think anyone would say that I am what the sort of stereotype of Ocala is. I don't mm -hmm. think anyone would, would uh, mistake me for that. But this record, Immortal Americans, just seems so much about place. It seems so much about coming home right. and reintegrating yourself into a world that you didn't ever feel at home in, right? So, like, that line, the stock car racing line, mm -hmm. to me, is him feeling like, I don't fucking belong here, yeah. right? Like, this is where I'm from, but I don't belong here. And then the rest of the record is almost like him wrestling with, okay, maybe this is where I belong, which I guess isn't that far off from your point. Right, and yeah, yeah. go ahead, I don't mean to interrupt. No, I think it's not that far off yeah. from your point about like about becoming our parents though, I guess. Right, and so like that's kind of, I, I think we're, I think we're on parallel roads right now. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're very close. Um, 
And yeah, it, I, I think that's exactly right. For example, I one of the places I did live that I kind of claim as my home is Georgia. Okay. You know, so like I, it's one of those things that exactly what you're saying is you almost kind of revolt against it. Yep. And it's like no matter how hard you try, you can't become your parent, or you you can't, can't help, help but become your parents in so many ways. And so like, you know. Whether it's, you know, no matter how hard you try, you can't escape where you grew up, you know. Right. And, um, and I think in, like, one of the biggest things that I loved about um, this album, but actually more specifically Austin Lucas's voice, um, is the fact that he utilizes his, his accent as a musical technique. Oh, wow. And, and um, you know, that... I don't know if that's purposely done or, you know, I, when I sing, I can't help but to sound country because of that Georgia. Right. Me, you know, but, um, but yeah, I think it's like the, you know, I think that was the first thing that turned me on to like John Prime uh, is when uh -huh. I heard John Prime in the way that he would be phrasing certain words or be, um, have certain uh, of course, this was back in the 70s where, like, you know, more, you know, different areas had their own kind of, like, slang. Right. You know, like the pop or soda. Yeah, you know. yeah, sure. Uh, but, like, he would use those in his writing and in his songs, and which gave it more of that feel of authenticity. Yeah. And that's what Austin is really great about doing, you know. And, and isn't that what we want from music all the time oh, is absolutely. authenticity? And oh, is, does anybody do it better than Austin Lucas right now? I mean, I'm sure there that we could, you know, it's well, hard I to try. argue. What's he <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, that's great. The very few people can hang with him in terms of just being very open and real. Right. You know, I mean, that's the thing that I took away from my conversation with him was just what it how authentic of a person he was well yeah it's like you just said like he just got straight down straight to the nitty-gritty it. it was just here yeah. i am you know like and that's that's something that you know i think anybody as a writer tries to um get at you yeah. know it's because it is so we were given as like as a musician you know we were given a split second in time to let the audience know who we are, what we're trying to do, and, you know, have welcome you into it. Right. You know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. And, you know, the guys who can pull it off, like, you know, I would, you know, I'll shake their hands eight days a week, you know. Right. So, like, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm always kind of, like, struggling with or um, not, I wouldn't say struggling with, just learning how to do it properly, mm. I think, you know, because it's all, it's a, revolving door almost you know the way that the world interprets you know music now is ever changing yeah you know and um you got to figure out a way to do it you know do you have mentors for that kind of connection and learning how to i mean you you're hustling all the time man you, you're gigging all the time playing <laughs> doing your work yeah do you have people that Either maybe it's people that you just look up to, or maybe it's actually straight up mentors that you're in contact with that help you through some of that. Like continuing to grow as an artist, you're already killing it, but yeah. you're continually wanting to grow, right? So, do you have those people in your life? I I have a very strong support system from um, 
you know, my, my sister, my girlfriend, uh, my parents for the most part. Of course, at the same time, my parents are scared to death that I'm just hanging out in the back alley shooting heroin. Right, right, right. Oh, you're a musician. What the hell, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, well, that's <laughs> what we're in and basically yeah, an alley yeah, right yeah, now. So you brought the heroin then, Yeah, right? yeah of course I did. <laughs> you know, uh, I was trying to make a heroin uh, joke right there, like a statement, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, I'm riding dirty or something. But I'm so un knowledgeable about drugs that i just dropped it is uh, <laughs> that's completely right i am i i'm probably like one of the worst dr- I, I i can't yeah. do drugs yeah like, I my, either. my my okay, my personality like i already i'm already such an anxious person mm-hmm. like i freak out when i'm when i'm high that i just yeah. don't do it i've done it like maybe twice in my life yes and i just like i don't get it you I, know? i'm with you man yeah. Ang- i'm i deal with generalized anxiety i yeah. talk about it on the show all the time yeah yeah and it, I'm fine if I'm doing the right things, mm. but if I'm if I'm hungover yeah. or if I'm if I try smoking pot, I mean yeah. I just can't do. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not good yeah. on it. Well, and that's the other thing too. Like I, not only that, but I, I don't want to pay money right to make myself feel bad. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't I don't like going to like. Uh, Universal does their Halloween Horror Nights with like yeah. these crazy, scary haunted houses or whatever. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay a hundred dollars to make myself feel terrible <laughs> all night long. All right, you know, like yeah, like, but I, you <laughs> will pay a hundred dollars to see someone like John Prime break your fucking heart all night. Oh God, right? um, absolutely. Because okay. uh, well, you know, uh, I was actually actually made a joke to uh, my girlfriend driving up here. Is that like with the intimate knowledge? that some of these great songwriters give us yeah. they're like our best friends yeah you know it's like well he obviously wrote my song or wrote that song about me so mm-hmm. you know so yeah i'm g- of course i'm gonna go see john prine so, right yeah. which comes back to the point that i was gonna make earlier about that connection that you make with an audience is that for those of us who just play shitty guitar or no guitar at all people who can do it and do it well are magicians like mm. the fact that you can get, you're gonna get up there tonight and you're gonna play songs that you made yeah. and everyone's gonna be really into it and have fun, blows my fucking mind. <laughs> like, it's just it, for those of us who can't do it or can't do it well at least, yeah. I can get up there and <laughs> I can play seven or eight different chords, yeah. and it's gonna, it won't sound, they they won't boo me, <laughs> right? But no one's gonna stick around for the next song. <laughs> like, no yeah, one's, you never know you that. Know? But, but the point being, the point being that what people who are good at it are able to do is just beautiful it's so intense and then southern vaden and i talked about it mm. how just like he, he's saying he who is one of the monster guitar players in the world mm-hmm. was saying he's such a fan and how it impacts him so deeply mm-hmm. when people are really good at playing instruments and writing songs oh absolutely yeah. um you know i really though i was able to write songs and you know, like most of my songs, like what I'm doing on my acoustic guitar and just playing rhythm, it's nothing complicated at all. Like, you know, I, I they're probably four or five chord songs, you know, maybe throw in a minor just for a little bit of drama. Right. You know, but uh, I really got to give the majority of the credit to the band, um, mm. uh, Paul Stott. It was actually um, last year on New Year's Eve, I was playing with... Uh, I, we had a gig uh, over in St. Cloud, and Tanner Johnson, who was playing fiddle mm-hmm. with me for a really long time, like two years, uh, just picking up gigs when he could, um, he wasn't able to make it, you know? And I met Paul 
who plays uh, lead guitar for the with uh, the 441, my band. Yeah. And um, I met Paul probably two years ago. And him and I, our day jobs kind of collided. And when I was releasing my first album, um, he was like, oh, you're a musician. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, cool, I'm a musician too. And I was like, okay. You know, I, right, I hear that, right. you know, everyone. Sure, sure. You know, so I was like, you know, cool, man. And we <laughs> we kind of bullshit back and forth uh, for <laughs> weeks. You know, for weeks on end, we did that. And then this New Year's gig came up. Tanner wasn't able to make it. I was in a bind for a mus- for anybody to somebody play some. To so yeah. I was like, what if I get a harmonica player? You know, yeah, like yeah. do a two and a half hour set, you know, with them. And it was, uh, it was like the week before, and I was just out of options. And I, I asked this guy. It was like five o'clock in the morning. I was at my day job, and he was uh, he has a window cleaning business, so he was washing the windows in our building. Yeah. And I was like, hey man. Like, I got this gig. I really need someone to play. Like, would you be interested? And, you know, I wasn't that worried about it because I was like, it's St. Cloud, you know, like, you know, <laughs> no one's going to be out there. <laughs> Sorry, St. <laughs> Cloud. <laughs> you know, but um, we don't have anybody listening in St. Cloud. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, but, you know, I was I was just like, it's fine, whatever. And uh, and I get out there and David Altman, the drummer, um, he he was already there waiting on me. And he was like, who'd you get? And I was like, well, I got this guy, Paul Stott. And he just looks at me. He's like, you got Paul Stott to play with us? Ah. Like, and I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And like, he just shows up, and he has this beautiful Telecaster, and yeah. he's just ripping on it all night. And I was like, it was very fortuitous, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, it was New Year's Eve, you know. So it was like, holy shit, you know, this yeah. is the beginning of a great year, hopefully a great, you know, and he, and like you were asking about uh, mentors, um, you know, he's he's been somebody who has been such a huge mentor to me as well as like, you know, with the full band because he's been around for ages, you know, and he's he knows what he's doing. He knows where we need to go. So he kind of helps direct the, so when I come to him, when I come to the band with a new song and I'm like, here, you know, here's a three chord song and let's do something with it and you know he'll you know kind of help make those adjustments and like figure out the foundation for it and everything and it's just and all of them Thawne the bass player like is so cool because you know Paul's versed in you know kind of like blues and everything mm-hmm. Thawne is uh, the basis for my band and another band called the Forefathers who are kind of almost more of like a fusion jazz kind of deal oh cool you know and then uh david altman is you know he's more of a straight ahead rock drummer but he can do anything you know he's he's fantastic um so those guys have really become mentors to me as well as you know just such close friends almost like uncles that's awesome so um to have collaborators as mentors and vice versa that's pretty special it's so special i i couldn't ask for a better band that's honestly. awesome man uh, it's so it's i i'm really blessed i know that much um other other music or musicians and mentors that i look up to like you know i spend a lot of my time just watching old videos of like the eagles and uh-huh. um jackson brown john prine like all those guys I, I you know i may not know them personally but like the way that they can create the show yeah and you know the way that they can invite you in yeah, you know, it's like when I I went and saw Jackson when he was here back in January. Oh wow! And 
you know, it's just him and he had um, a guitarist with him. And, you know, he'd go back and forth between playing guitar and playing piano. And, like, it was just, you're just sitting there hanging out with him. That's amazing. With, like, you know, 20,000 other people, you know, in the Bill Hurd or however many seats it has. But Yeah. yeah, Well, that is an incredible thing. I mean, that's back to the point you made earlier about how you spend so much time with someone's music, especially someone like John Prine or Jackson Brown who've been doing it for so long. Yeah. And they have such deep catalogs. Yeah. You know, you you spend that time, especially if you're a little bit younger, spend that time learning from you know getting going back to their old stuff and Mm -hmm. trying to like mine their old stuff oh yeah absolutely whereas there's this interesting thing about someone like let's say an austin lucas who's about almost exactly my age Mm -hmm. he's a little bit older than me i think i think he just turned 40 i'm right i just turned 38 so the there's like and then isbel's about 38 Mm -hmm. 39 something like that and sturgill's about 39 there's a whole group of of musicians you know amanda shires is just a couple years younger than that Mm -hmm. all these great songwriters that are right around that same age and those folks i grew up with Mm -hmm. you know not personally but i grew up listening to and then later grew up following uh journalistically like writing about them and things like that and so it's interesting the difference in the way i view someone like john prine Mm -hmm. who to me is just like some sort of magical deity almost yeah right? and yeah. someone like isbel who i would hope that the next generation looks at in a similar light uh, absolutely i i see exactly i think because i'm you said you're 38 so i'm 28 right mm-hmm. so i don't know i i would classify us in the same generational yeah, about, gap you know yeah, yeah. um i but you know i already you've kinda, had a cell phone for more of your life than me but other than that <laughs> not really no i was no? <laughs> I, I actually it wasn't until college when i got my first okay, phone okay all right I, I remember right. uh my first real girlfriend that was like the first text i sent i had no idea what the hell i was yeah, doing yeah, it you know? cost like 25 <laughs> cents too yeah, yeah remember that those days so um uh anyway um you know i look at like like you said uh, jackson john prine those guys certainly are like deities you know yeah um, but I think that Isbel is actually pretty much up there. Yeah, for sure. You know, I because I know that I I see what you're saying though. Like the younger, so if you're like 15 now, you know, trying to learn how to play guitar, and you finally discover Jason Isbel when you're in your mid 20s, you know, um, I would hope that they are looking up to him like that. Yeah, because like I can, it's already the the writing's on the wall with that one, you know. Right. And I just hope he keeps producing, you know, what he does. I would think he would. I mean, it just it's not the the last three records. I mean, to think about what he was able to do in those last three records. Yeah. I swear, I gotta stop talking about Jason Isbell on this show constantly, but I can't help it. I'm just <laughs> Jason like, Earl just... loves Jason Isbell. <laughs> Got it. Well, actually, didn't uh, Austin Lucas wasn't didn't Immortal Americans come out of the same studio? Uh, or, or maybe the same producer, I want to say. Uh, as Nashville Sound? Or? No, not as Nashville, Nashville Sound. It might have been... I don't know. Nash- I, I can't remember. I remember... Nashville Sound and Something More Than Free were both... Dave. Well, all three of those are Dave Cobb produced. Right. The last three one. All from A Room, which is the which is where the Chris Stapleton record gets its name, from A Room and right, from A right. Room Volume 2, right? So, right. I don't... I, I, think, I, I think I came across it. Maybe it was Patterson Hood of Drive-By Truckers. Because I'm pretty sure I, I read it somewhere. Or there's some connection. I can't remember. Connection between Isabel and, and Austin? Austin Lucas, yeah. 
I don't know. I'm, I may have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna research. fact. I'm, I'm gonna fact find it. And, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll have a friendly little, you know. I'm. I am down with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say a friendly little wager, but then I was like, no, I'm poor, and Christmas oh, yeah, yeah, around yeah. the corner. So. No, I can't really wager much. <laughs> uh, Just yeah. pride. How about yeah, pride? Yeah, 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 I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have? Uh, how did you come to Austin's music? Had you been into it before this record? Um, I had heard the name kind of like tossed around. You know, Jordan Foley. Mm-hmm. He's always thrown around all these. He likes to be on the inside, you know. Yeah, so yeah. he's always with the underground stuff. While I'm stuck listening to, uh, you know, Eagles on repeat. But, right. Um, right. Uh, so like, I'm pretty sure Austin probably or Jordan probably said something about Austin Lucas, and I was like, oh yeah. And then I think. First time I came across him was when you posted about him on one of the social medias. Oh, you know? cool! And I was like, "All right, you know, let me take a listen." And that's when I was like, "Man, that's great!" Yeah. And I don't think it was really in heavy rotation because at the time it wasn't. But then, like, I think it was maybe "I Have an Asp." Mm-hmm. That the, and that I thought was a very because I love uh, like the Devil Makes Three. Yeah, you know, yeah, and um, and I really it kind of has that same almost like ragtimey feel to it. Uh huh. And I was like, oh, that's that's really fucking interesting right there, you know. So yeah. and I think that's when I kind of went back and was like, oh, let me check out the rest of this, you know. Well, he, so many musicians do this well, but I think he does it especially well. That marriage of like kind of punk sensibilities with bluegrass mm-hmm. and like he's got the chops yeah know? like he can play the shit out of his guitar yeah. he can play all kinds of different styles mm-hmm. but there's like a rock and roll maybe punk isn't even the right word but there's like a rock and roll kind of feel yeah you know to his records um but it still feels just a, as at home with bluegrass or country right or what we you know what we've loved and together I, as americana and right that kind of and thing. i think that's what i was saying about the accent you yeah. know utilizing his you know, accent is kind of what gives it that all-encompassing Americana sound. Yeah. You know, because like you can listen to it and go, okay, this can go this way, this can go that way. Um, but when you put everything together with that voice, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's right there. You know, that's so, awesome, man. Yeah, very cool. Um, can we charm you into playing some stuff? Uh, I'd have to go grab my guitar. Already. Yeah, is that cool with you? Yeah, for sure. Um, let me go grab that. Well, since I. Uh, I'm not qualified enough to cover an Austin Lucas tune. I, I'm gonna play one of mine. That um, it's it's a new one. There isn't too many uh, recordings of this one right now, um, but it kind of. I think it could fit with Austin's theme of uh, immortal Americans, but um, it's called Skin, and uh, I'll give you a little context for the song. So. Um, Originally, when I had started writing it, it was very like stream of consciousness writing, but you know, there was kind of like this image of uh, an ex girlfriend, you know, and I was, I remember it was a, it was our first conversation after a breakup, and we were sitting actually on a table that's almost exactly like this, and um, she was sitting across from me and she bent over to pull something out of her bag. It was in college. And um, the back of her shirt kind of lifted up a little bit. And uh, I could see the small of her back. 
and in that moment I was like, I'm never going to touch that skin again, you know? And so that was the precursor to the song. And that was, you know, and I, that was, that was a very defining moment where I got stuck on that image. And I couldn't, as it took me, this was a really long song to write it, but this was probably like a year and a half to write, if not longer. And, uh, And then it kind of, I, I think I went back home and I met up with some old college friends and we were, I, I realized that we were now in like two different worlds, you know, like my friends from, you know, they're doing their life and they're having great lives and I'm very happy for them. And I'm down here doing something completely different than anything they are. And, uh, it kind of became that the song kind of transformed into like these changes that we all go through, you know, um, and, you know, we grow out of the skin that we're in and, uh, um, you know, it's just a natural part of life, you know, so I think, you know, it, it may not be a, uh, an Austin Lucas song, but I think it could fit with his, you know, yeah, so. All right. Well, it's a New Year's Day. Haven't seen you for a while But you looked my way And I somehow remembered a smile The conversation's small But the talk it ain't cheap Well after all the lessons I learned I know what time now means And you've got a little something Hiding in your eyes are you looking for love or some other kind of surprise? Well, are you happier now standing on your own? Are you looking for another friend? Well, are you satisfied in the ways you've grown? Are you comfortable in your own skin? I remember those days when we danced by the river with the sounds coming out from the Phoenix Amphitheater. And I remember your smile, and I remember your touch. And I think about them all until I think too much. And I'm hanging my hat on another door. Sometimes I wonder what all this trouble was for Well, are you happier now standing on your own? Are you looking for another friend? Well, are you satisfied with the ways you've grown? Are you comfortable in your own skin?
Well, it's been a long time And I wonder who you see Well, is it just the ghost of someone I used to be? And I hear you laughing And I hear you joke Pour another drink and light another smoke We're all headed down the same line We're all waiting on the end Leave a little room to shed some skin Leave a little room to shed some skin Leave a little room to shed some skin Thanks, man. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Damn, that's a good song. I appreciate you. Oh, and you sound great. Oh, how fun. <laughs> Hopefully the mic dropping, if you... Yeah, <laughs> if that's you supposed to happen it. at the end of the song. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard our giggling. That's because the microphone just fell on yeah. Luke's foot, basically. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's, Dude. I sing for my feet, so you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's where the gusto comes that's from. That's the true outlaw way <laughs> to sing from your toes. Was it singing through my toes that got me busted by the man? Oh Jesus! Cool, man. Dude, thank you so much. No, thank Looking you. forward to the set tonight. All right. Mm. Well, and we got Cat Ridgeway up here with us tonight. Yeah. Jesus. Incredible, She's She's fun. absolutely fantastic vocalist, and yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. You're gonna play um, all all your stuff, I hope. Or We're actually gonna, gonna be doing or? two covers, okay. and I don't want to give away. All right. Um, you know, I, I will say they're festive, though. Mm. So. Okay, so um, two Austin Lucas covers coming tonight. <laughs> 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 Thanks, man. Uh, thank you. talking Austin Lucas y'all Austin's music has been a huge part of the soundtrack to 2018 for me and I'm just so grateful for the time that Austin provided us and for moments like this one with Luke Wagner the song you've been hearing during transitions is refugee that's uh, one of Luke's songs that you can find pretty much anywhere you consume music you can head on over to uh, lukewagnermusic.com as I mentioned before or follow him at lukewagnermusic if you want to learn a little bit more about Luke also, thank all of you so much for listening to The Marinade. Thank you especially to our Patreon patrons. Every little bit counts, y'all. If you can help, if you can swing it, go to patreon.com and search The Marinade with Jason Earl. It really helps us to move this show forward, and it's a fun community. We, uh, I, I do exclusive content, release pieces of episodes early, uh, send swag to our patrons, just all kinds of different things. Make announcements. I have a big announcement that uh, is only going out to our Patreon patrons for now. That, um, that I'm going to make today, actually, after I finish editing this episode. So if you can swing it, please do. If not, rate us on your podcast app. It means so much to us. Thank you to those of you who've already done so. It's free and really helpful to us, and I really greatly appreciate your time and effort. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, I'm especially active on Instagram and Twitter. I just posted one of my short stories if you're into that kind of thing recently and also my best of 2018 albums. I posted those on Instagram and I'll be doing that on the website as well, marinadepodcast.com. Shoot us an email. 
marinadepodcast at gmail.com if you want to interact that way. Uh, really appreciate all of your love and support. All right, y'all. Now for what I'm getting down on. This is our regular segment where I let you in on the art that I'm currently consuming. The books, the films, the TV shows, whatever has my attention and is inspiring me at the moment. I've really been diving deep into the band Low. My good friend, Brian Colleen, who will be on an upcoming episode talking about that particular band, talked about uh, their 2018 release that came out in the fall called Double Negative. And Brian and I actually recorded the day after I recorded this episode with Luke. So look for that in the next few days. Really amazing guy and a really amazing conversation, but he always turns me on to really cool stuff, and uh, and Low is one of those that I'm just diving deep into. They've been at it since the 90s, so you can you can go back and get lost in that if uh, if you so desire. I just finished reading The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. It is terrifying in its prescience. Um, it's a challenging enough read, but it nonetheless clips along, so there are definitely these moments where I found myself asking Alexa what certain words meant. But um, for the most part, it clips along nicely. It's beautifully written, and it's terrifying. Um, there are some moments, like there's one where um, you know it's this dystopian novel, and there's this moment where the previous government began blaming uh, Muslims. Now, this this book was written in like 1984, 1986, something like that. I think it was 86. Um, so well before we would think of like. Uh, the divisiveness in that way, not that there wasn't Islamophobia and that kind of thing in 1986, but it wasn't nearly as big of an issue, of course, as it has been post 9-11. And it's just, uh, that's one example of the kind of prescience that she had and um, that maybe the writing had been on the wall that whole time. Um, It's just a terrifying thought uh, to consider what Margaret Atwood was considering at the time and how much of that stuff is still an issue or has become way worse. On a happier note, I am obsessed with Jeff Tweedy's memoir. I finished The Handmaid's Tale and then immediately picked up Jeff Tweedy's me- memoir and read like 120 pages in one day. Granted, I'm on vacation, but still, I don't usually, I'm not usually able to get through that many in a day, but he is absolutely hilarious and insightful. And uh, he comes across as really down to earth. It was just a, a great read, and I highly recommend Jeff Tweedy's memoir. I've also been listening to Hannah Harbour and the Lionhearts. Um, the seven tracks that were released to those of us who uh, contributed to the Kickstarter, long time coming. Um, Hannah, of course, was an, on a, 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 her own episode of The Marinade. And uh, if you haven't already, go back and check it out. She's such a fascinating person, such a bright light, and has written, what I, from what I've heard so far, a beautiful record. There's still time to pre-order that also. comes out on January 9th. Episodes 25 and 26 uh, are still on the way. The one with Brian Colleen that I mentioned. And then also uh, Jordan Foley and I discussed American Aquarium's Things Change. Um, so excited for you all to hear those two episodes. Two very interesting guys. Two great conversations. And then we'll be back at kind of the regular um, schedule coming up in January. I already got a couple of huge guests booked. Like amazing, amazing <laughs> artists and and creatives that have agreed to come on the show uh when they come through orlando so i've got already got two in the bag and then a couple more that are coming soon um that i that i feel good about that i haven't necessarily we haven't been able to connect exactly but i feel confident that it's going to work out thank you all for an amazing year thank you so much for all of your love and support i love you cheers y'all